All right, well, good morning, everyone. And this is the part of our time together where we take a look at God's Word for just a few moments today. I was really encouraged today when uh, Heather opened the service and she started by talking about focus and how easy it is to lose our focus. You see, focus is something that we all need to be reminded of. And I guess I was just really encouraged because we hadn't really talked about what I'm going to share this morning, and it just all fits together. And I just love how that happens, how God orchestrates these moments. And so I guess it was just a little bit of confirmation, actually a lot of bit of confirmation, that we're really going down the right path here this morning and talking about focus. This is the second Sunday of a brand new year, a brand new year filled with opportunities that we are going to have this year. And I know many people were uh, looking forward to 2020 closure. 2020 really wasn't a year that we uh, look back on as a year that was uh, necessarily pleasant. Uh, although, it's, you know, we have a lot to be thankful for as we look back on the year 2020 as well. So it's one of those things, isn't it, where we need to be careful that we don't dwell on the negative too much, but recognize that 2020 was, was a really challenging year for, for all of us in one way or another. And if we look to this brand new year, 2021, I know we're, we're all hopeful that this year is going to be a lot better than last year, but we really don't know what 2021 is going to look like yet. I've seen a little bit of humor on Facebook, actually, this week, and uh, someone put a, a post up that uh, they, they wanted to return 2021. They had tried the free trial, and they, they want to take it back. And I kind of laughed a little bit and uh, chuckled to myself and seen that post. And, you know, the, the reality is is that uh, we just we don't know what 2021 is going to look like. But one thing I do know and I trust you know this as well, is that Jesus Christ never changes. Our hope in Christ does not change. The world around us may change, but our hope in Christ doesn't change. I want to talk about focus today. Check this out with me today. Just check out this thought with me today. Most of what we choose to focus on is triggered by what we think about let me repeat that. Much of what we choose to focus on is triggered by what we think about. Paul, in the New Testament, talks about this important concept. You see, our thoughts have the power to either drag us down into an emotional and spiritual valley of death or to lift us up on a mountaintop. As a foundational rule, Focusing on the negative will make it very difficult for us to see the positive. We're going to spend a little bit of time today and examine Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians, in the New Testament, in the Bible, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be spending some time talking about this concept of focus. It's a word and an idea 
that we hear in more places than just school. And it's something that God desires from us, I believe, every day. However, there's a truth that we should all recognize. The world around us loves to be a thief when it comes to our focus. You see, it's far too easy to scroll for hours on end through social media, and before you know it, you've missed a moment at home with your kids, you've missed a conversation, you've missed a meeting, perhaps even more on a serious note, you've missed those whispers from God because you have been distracted, because your focus hasn't been where it ought to be, and God has been trying to get your attention. God has been whispering into your heart, perhaps even shouting into your heart, into your life, and you've missed it because your focus hasn't been in the right place. You see, we can be so focused on someone's negativity that we lose sight of what positive is actually taking place in our lives. We can be so focused on our past that we actually end up missing what God is doing in our present and what He is leading us towards in our future. During this continued time of working our way through the COVID-19 pandemic, and let's be real here, it's been a tough season. It's been a tough year. We're, we're coming up into almost a year of of working our way through this crisis, and we, we don't even really see an end in sight yet. It's been a tough, tough time, and it's not over yet. The year 2020 might be over, however, the pandemic is not. I've often thought, and my prayer has been, and continues to be, Lord, help me not to miss. Help me not to miss what you want to do in and through my life during this time. In other words, Lord, help me. Help me to remain focused on the right thing. Over the last numbers of months, I've often reflected on how Paul, in the New Testament, must have felt in comparison to what we are dealing with today. Paul chained to a wall in a prison cell. If Paul can keep his focus while dealing with the discomfort that he faced during his time, I believe that we can also. Simply put this morning, our focus has the potential to influence our faith. And just let me say this. I believe that many people today, many people today in our culture have lost their focus or are looking for something to focus on. In some cases, we as Christ followers haven't provided much clarity to those looking to us as a place to place their focus. Consider this for a moment. The Bible says in Esther chapter 4, verse 14, right at the end of this verse, right at the end of verse 14, there's, there's a phrase, there's a part of this verse that's really significant. I believe it speaks right into our time. It says this, right at the end of verse 14, 
you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Now, what does this mean? What if God trusted you and I to serve Him during this incredible time in history? You see, I believe that God has trusted us. The question is today, how will God, how will history record how you influence those around you during this time? How will you use the moment? How will you use the moments of this time in history to point people to Christ? The answer to that question is how we respond to where our focus lies, to where our focus is. I read a powerful statement this week. The statement was, and I quote, the world doesn't need a mirror of itself. It needs an alternative. The writer was speaking directly to Christ's followers, calling on all of us to stop walking as close as we can to the things of this world, but rather to walk as close as we can to the things of Jesus. In other words, we need to focus. In other words, we need to be a good example of Jesus Christ. Over the next few weeks, as we draw our attention to the idea and the concept of focus, let's allow God to influence our focus in a positive way. Why don't you join me right now and make a commitment and humbly ask Jesus to help us together. It might require some work. It might require some effort. But trust me when I say that it will be worth it when we look at our lives and we place our focus, our friends, on what Jesus wants to do in and through our lives. So let's head to Philippians in the New Testament. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And let's check out the words from these in this verse today. Paul is writing, and he is talking about the importance of what we think about. The thoughts that come in and out of our minds day to day. If you will allow him, I believe God desires to show us how we can make a choice to focus on the good. To focus on the good Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and here's what Paul says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever, if anything, is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Look at those last four words of this verse. Think about such things. As we look at this verse, we see that Paul mentions a few different words in this single verse when telling us what to think about, all of which can be defined as good. However, knowing what good thoughts are is one thing but actually putting them in our mind and choosing to focus on them 
is another. How do we do this? How do we do this consistently? A few suggestions to thinking thoughts like the, the ones Paul is mentioning here in this, in this verse is recognize the wrong. Oftentimes when we are thinking, we are subconsciously having a dialogue with ourselves. Are you following me this morning? Often when we are thinking, we are subconsciously having a dialogue with ourselves. Naturally, many of our thoughts re- revolve around us. Some good and some bad. If we know how to point out something that is wrong in the world around us or in the conversations that we are involved in, we also have to practice this with ourselves. If we want to see our negative thoughts emptied out of our minds, we have to be willing to focus on them when they come into our heads and then deal with them. This is what it means when the Bible says to take captive every thought. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. You see, the Bible provides us examples. Even in this one verse in Philippians, showing us, giving us example of what a positive thought looks like. The way that we recognize the negative thoughts indicate includes filtering through these, filtering through these examples. Check them out with me. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, we see here that Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. There's some really great direction there we see in Paul's writing to us, giving us a clear example, a clear direction of what we are supposed to do when we are communicating, when we are talking, when we are sharing. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. And and like I said last Sunday, I would add into that, don't let any unwholesome typing come out of your fingers as you are communicating on text, on social media, but rather only those things that are helpful and build each other up. I had a couple of experiences this week that I'll share with you. The first experience was I was hearing some, some feedback with the, the school that some of the two of my children go to, and we were talking about how we can improve the, the online experience as we learn. And I I'm thankful for all of the educators and all of the schools that are putting an effort into putting classes online. I, I think they need to be commended for the work that they are doing and the dedication that they are showing to their students. And, and I'm sure that they are inundated with all kinds of negative phone calls and negative emails. And I decided this week that, that I would take a different approach. And I heard some feedback just based on some of the experience that we have here at the church on communicating. And I began to share that in a loving way. And I just began to share that in a, in a very 
nurturing tone. And I received an email back, and the, the person that was responding said, thank you for communicating that message in such a respectful way. And I responded by saying these words, we all desire the same outcome. And that is true. We did. We all desire the same outcome. So then later on that day, I had to call a tech company. I had to call Apple, and I had to work through a technical issue that I was having. And I decided that I would use the same approach. And I received an email. It was fascinating. I received an email later on that day from the representative that was helping me from Apple, and he said these words. He said, thank you for being so kind and respectful. And I responded by saying the exact same thing. We both desired the same outcome. You see, our words have power. Our words are important. And the words that we use need to be thought through very carefully as we communicate. And we see this example unfolding here in these verses from Ephesians and Paul giving us this directive. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. I, I really think that we need to pay attention to these verses. I believe that we need to look at our lives, we need to look at how we're communicating, and we need to pay attention to how we are conducting ourselves. Remember, we need to be people who are focused on God's Word, on God's Word. Let's not be distracted by the things of this world, the things that would like to take our focus away from the Bible, away from God, and let's be Solidly rooted in the Word of God, especially during these times. You see, I don't believe that God's desire is not just to use words to encourage others, but also to encourage us. You see, the truth is that we will naturally place our focus on things that distract us. This is why social media has the potential to be such a large distraction. Because it gives us a sense of peace from what we may be actually facing in the real world. If you've been searching for a sense of peace in these recent days, the root issue may begin with what's coming in and out of your mind. If you want to get your peace back, it's possible that it has to start with recognizing what has taken it in the first place. Therefore, once you have recognized the negative thoughts, you need to do something else, I believe, as well. And that is rediscover the replacement. There are countless times in Scripture where we get the sense Jesus does not just desire to take things away from us like sins or struggles in our lives, but that he intends to put something better in their place when he does. I'm reminded of that song, and perhaps you're, you're familiar with it. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my sorrows for joy. I'm trading my sorrows for peace. The same is true when it comes to our thoughts and our thought processes. You see, God's desire 
is not for us to be weighed down by our negative or unhealthy thoughts. Instead, God wants us to meditate on the positive things mentioned by Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The question is, how do we do this? If we look back in the Old Testament to the book of Psalms, we see in Psalm 1, it lays out a pretty clear directive for us. Psalm 1, verse 2, it says this, Delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. The law of the Lord is often interpreted as the Ten Commandments listed in the Old Testament. However, I believe that this verse applies to all Scripture, meditating on it, the Bible, day and night. The good things listed by Paul in Philippians only come through knowing the Word of God. There are so many incredible stories and teachings in this book of the Bible that will influence the way that we think day to day. Whatever we immerse ourselves in the most will eventually come out of us. This is why I firmly believe meditation in God's Word, the Bible, leads to transformation. It could actually be, and I believe that it actually is, that if you are if you are feeling discouraged, if you are feeling overwhelmed by negativity, if things are not working out for you in your life, I believe that one of the reasons, in fact, I believe the reason is, is because the relationship that you have with God and His Word is not where it needs to be. Your focus is not where it needs to be. And that doesn't mean that your life is going to all of a sudden be comfortable. That's not what I'm saying. Just because you read the Bible and you're spending time with God doesn't guarantee a comfortable life. But what it does guarantee is a solid relationship with God. A solid relationship with our Heavenly Father as we place our trust, as we place our hope in Him. Paul actually talks about this concept somewhere else in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The replacement God wants to make for our negative thoughts are positive ones. However, the deciding factor in the equation is time spent meditating on God's Word and allowing Him to transform you day to day. But we as people, we have this tendency. We have this tendency as people to get comfortable in our progress and eventually take a step backwards. And this leads us into something else that I'd like us to consider this morning, and that is accountability. If there's one thing I know about the body of Christ, about the church, is that we are not meant to do life by ourselves. God has gifted us with other people around us. 
which Paul talks about in Philippians, to hold us accountable in areas in which we are seeking to grow. How do you go about entering into an accountability relationship with someone close to us? And I understand, believe me, I get it, I understand these times have been challenging to navigate and be together. But what if I was to say to you today, remember we talked about that we have been called, that we have been trusted by God to live during such a time as this. God is faithful and God is true to His Word. God is not setting us up for failure. He knew that we were not going to be able to join together the way that we did even a year ago. God was aware of that. God is aware of that. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I happen to believe, this is my personal conviction, and I'm not, I'm not asking you to share my personal conviction in this area, but I, I want to try and encourage you today. You see, I believe that we are more connected and more unified than we ever have been. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that we as a body of Christ are stronger than ever during these days. The question is, how are you responding? Just because we can't gather in four walls as we once did, how are you reaching out? You see, I believe that you can make phone calls, that you can send emails, that you can send cards, that you can have video chat, that you can have Zoom meetings, that prayer meetings can be just as effective over Zoom as joining together. But let's talk about accountability. There are people in your life, whether you recognize them or not, who may say they want to see you grow but do not actually do anything to help you take the steps of growth. In fact, in some cases, they even hold you back. A true friend is willing to do what it takes to help you find growth in a healthy way. Entering into an accountability relationship, having that accountability partner, having that someone that you're accountable to requires honesty. The reality of accountability is that you may not like what you hear sometimes. However, once you hear it, you can work to change it. In terms of emptying out negative thoughts from our minds, people close to you will be able to see what is in your head, what is in your life by what flows out of your mouth, by what flows out of your lifestyle. Even your body language will show those around you what you're thinking about. If we are willing, if we are willing, those close to us, those God has placed around us, can act as accountability for us. One of the greatest relational situations you can find yourself in is one where someone else is regularly checking in with you and asking how you're doing, asking how much time you've spent in God's Word, asking how, how your prayer life is going, how church is been. This challenges us. 
This challenges us to take steps of growth by encouraging us to focus on and think about our relationship with Jesus. Focusing on the good things. Focusing on the good things that Paul speaks about requires a commitment. It requires a commitment to God's Word. You will start to see amazing things God desires for you when you allow Him to transform you step by step. We first have to recognize the wrong. Recognize the wrong, the negative thoughts coming in and going out of our minds. But once we do, we can start to allow God to replace them with something better. From there, accountability is the key to maintaining any form of transformation. Let me encourage you this week. Let me encourage you this week as we enter into another brand new week of this brand new year. Let me give you some ideas of how this week you can start a brand new lifestyle. Schedule a regular time to read or listen to the Bible, the Word of God. Along with spending time in God's Word, whether you read it or perhaps you struggle with reading and you need to listen, that's fine. Just spend time in God's Word. Take time to jot down some thoughts or record some thoughts that you have running through your mind. And finally, commit to meeting, whether that be on a phone call or in a Zoom call or, or FaceTime, commit to meeting with a close friend or mentor to discuss what you're reading and learning. Pray with them and ask them to help you identify any negativity or blind spots in your life. Be careful not to be distracted by the things of this world as you do. As you talk to that person, as you share with that person, keep focused on what it is that you are calling or chatting or FaceTiming about. As I said at the beginning of our time together today, this may require some hard work. This may require some, some commitment. But trust me today, when I say that it will be worth it. As you take a look at your life and place your focus where your focus ought to be. Let's pray together today. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this time that we've been able to look to your word today and apply it to our lives. Lord, today we recognize that we need our lives to be refocused just like a camera lens needs to be refocused on the right thing for the picture to be clear. Lord, today we, we recognize that we need to refocus our lives, that we need to get rid of the distractions, and we need to refocus on you, Jesus. Lord, forgive us for not having our focus in the right place. Lord, forgive us for, for trying to do so much on our own, for carrying a load that we were never meant to carry without you. Lord, today we recommit 
In some cases, perhaps there's people that are watching and joining us today that have not yet made a decision to follow you. I pray today that they would pray a prayer like this, that, Lord, that they would repent before you and pray a prayer like this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I know that you came and you died for me. Help me to live for you from this day forward. Help me to focus on you. Lord, I pray that as we journey over these next few weeks, all of us will realize our focus on you. In Jesus' name, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope it's been a blessing to your life. If we can serve you in any way, let us know, and we will do our very best to serve you and your family. God bless you. We'll see you next week at 1030. Same place.